Hey there, you're listening to episode eight of the Down on the Farm podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Grosnick. The Down on the Farm podcast is a companion to the Down on the Farm newsletter, available for subscription on Substack, where we cover all things minor league baseball with a professional data-driven point of view. Today, our guest is Colin Wilbur of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, Colin, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do uh, for the Pirates and for minor leaguers in the organization. Hey, how's it going, Brian? Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um, so I am, my technical title is the development coach, and I am the development coach at our high A affiliate, the Greensboro Grasshoppers in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, what that actually means, what I really do is I am like our catching, our catching coach and slash game planning coach. Um, so in charge of the day to day with the catchers. Um, I do a lot of kind of like the the heavier game planning stuff kind of pre-series. So actually what we're doing right now is a nice little break from uh, from my normal Monday of just kind of grinding and, and preparing for the series. Um, so it's a lot of that kind of stuff, you know, digging into to hitters and, you know, uh, base dealers, any of that kind of stuff as far as the team we're getting ready to play. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh, just kind of creating game plans for our pitchers and catchers to kind of go out there and execute. So that's kind of uh, the gist of what I do. It's, it's it's a lot of the catching stuff, the game planning, and then I'll, you know, coach a base during a game. Nice. So your job working with the catchers, I mean, obviously, you know, most people who are familiar with baseball know what a cognitive and a physical load it is for catchers. Like it's the toughest position on the diamond from a defensive perspective, no question. And uh, there's so many different things that go into catching. There's the pitch calling aspect. There's the, you know, blocking, receiving, being able to throw guys out, control the running game. Um, tons of different things to be like the defensive captain in that kind of role. So with having you as a development coach in the uh, in the Pirates organization, you mentioned doing some of the advanced scouting stuff. How does that kind of play into what you do with the different um, pitchers and catchers as far as pitch calling goes? Um is it is it just the advanced scouting in terms of like how guys prepare or do you talk about the game plans like kind of specifically with each of the uh the pitchers and the catchers and how they plan out how they're going to kind of prepare and tackle um a given outing um yeah so it's it's kind of a you know i was, I was listening to your episode with uh with ben heller yesterday and i would say it's it's very similar to, to kind of what he said um for the most part, it's, uh, you know, especially early on, you know, we don't have a ton of, of data on, on you know, these guys uh, quite yet. And, and, like, at a lower level, you know, you might have new draft guys who have played, like, 10 games of professional baseball, so there's not a ton out there. So so we're really just trying to, to focus more on, on what the pitchers do well and, like, kind of what, we, what we see as their strengths, you know, for the future also. Um so it's, it's more so that it's more so a focus on like, um, you know, how we've been, you know, using our pitches and past outings, how have we used his pitches, you know, in outings that he's been good and outings that he's been bad and, and just trying to kind of, you know, pick through the weeds on that and really just come up with a plan that we think is going to work um, for that guy for that day. And then as far as like scouting the other team, it's, it's more of like, let me pick two to three guys that it's like, okay, these are the guys that we can't really let beat us. And this is how we can kind of 
attack attack those guys and then you know for their for so um just um just to kind of follow on with that so you've got um i think there's three guys um on your squad right now that you're working with uh abraham Luis, and eli and um if you want to talk a little bit about them and how you've been able to work with them um so far this season that would be really cool to to let our listeners kind of know a little bit more about those guys in the system for sure um yeah so goody and eli both had them both last year it's on it's kind of an interesting like you know last year i had you know henry davis and andy rodriguez so like those guys kind of kind of took the 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 bulk of the catching last year uh you know henry when he was here and then he left and then andy when you know was pretty much here for for the majority of the season then he left so goody and eli kind of got left on the back burner a little bit so um it's really cool to, to have those guys and, and you know, Goody's going to be the main guy this year. Um, and Eli will kind of be the backup. And then Luis was, was actually starting the year on the development list. And then, uh, Goody had a little, uh, little bang up, uh, this week. So he, he got tossed right in there. Um, so it's kind of a, kind of a crazy this past week. Um, um, but yeah, the, I mean, they're great. They're great guys. Eli is, you know, son of a son of Dan Wilson, you know, former big leader with the Mariners, like extremely smart kid, like knows the game in and out. Um, and Goody just, just gets better every day. Like he's, he reminds me a lot of like, uh, a Roberto Perez. I said that last year, Roberto Perez was actually with us, but just, just a guy that, you know, what you're going to get out of every day, just like a dude that everyone loves to be around like a calming presence without even like having to say anything behind the plate. And then, uh, like Luis is, is, you know, just doing his thing and, and, and staying ready for, for hopefully when he gets his opportunity, whether that's, you know, this year, next year, you know, uh, whenever he's called upon. So. No, that's awesome. That's, uh, that's really cool. You mentioned getting to work with, um, Andy and, uh, and uh, Henry Davis last year. I mean, it's kind of good timing after uh, Davis's uh, pretty awesome game yesterday um, yeah. to, to get about that. I mean, uh, that was uh, that's pretty solid. Two home runs his last game. I mean, these are some pretty prospects. These guys have a lot of eyes on them. So getting to work with them must have been really exciting. Um, I, I wrote up a little bit about Endy earlier in the season, um, or actually before the season started. Um, he's especially interesting because he's a guy who plays multiple positions, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got to be super challenging. I mean, the defensive load on catchers anyway is so tough. With him moving around the diamond and playing some other positions as well, was there something that you really like to keep in mind when you've got a guy moving around? I mean, I know he's extraordinarily athletic, and that really helps him out for, for these sorts of things, but... When you when you have a guy who's trying to play catcher as well as another position, is there anything you try to do specifically with them that's that's any different, or do you just kind of go through the same sort of process with them? Uh, with Andy, not so much. Um, you know, last year, you know, at least at the start, um, you know, whatever it was, that first six weeks where where Henry was with us, he was you know taking the bulk of the catching, so Andy was doing a little bit more like infield, outfield. Um, but the focus has always been catching. I think, I think everyone in the organization would agree that like he's better at everything when he's catching. Um, and he's, and he's a catcher and who can play other spots. Um, 
So, so yeah, I mean, really the, the focus has always been the catching piece. And then it's like, okay, like, well, Hey, you're going to be in the lineup today. You're playing second or you're playing left or whatever, like make sure you get some ground balls or some fly balls, you know, when, when you can. And, but the, yeah, really the focus has kind of always been on the catching. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, um, you know, he's going to be obviously a, a very skilled player, no matter where he plays on the diamond, but as a catcher, he seems you know, extraordinarily not just valuable because of the the difficulty of the position and the limitations on on the number of guys who play there, but he's he's very good at what he does back there. It seems like uh, so it's definitely cool to see him you know get to have some more uh, more time behind the plate because that's that's where he really shines. Um, kind of going back to the the I'm jumping around a little bit, but I I have some questions about pitch calling because that's something that I think. You know, from an analytical standpoint, it's a little bit harder for folks to wrap their heads around. But from a um, you know performance and a player development standpoint, I, I I feel like there's a lot of focus on it in a lot of organizations. And even though it doesn't always bear out in the numbers, it's something that is a is an absolutely critical part of the catcher's job. So I guess my question is, you know, you try to do everything with these catchers. You try to teach them, you know, help them improve in the different areas. For pitch calling, is there more of an emphasis on that than some of the other areas? Is there less of it with, um, you know, some ways that you and the managers also participate in the process? Or is it something you really try to develop as a skill for the catchers and give equal time to? Um, I, I honestly, I feel like it, 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 uh, it happens kind of more organically. Um, you know, like we'll meet, you know, me and the catchers just about every week to talk about kind of everything like skill wise and, you know, pitch calling all that stuff. Um, and kind of go over kind of what I was talking about earlier, just as far as like the pitcher game plan, like scouting the other hitters, uh, all that stuff. Uh, but I, I honestly think that both the bulk of the conversation kind of happens a little bit more organically where, um, you know, I'm going to put some, some information, you know, in their locker before they get there for the day. And it's kind of like the, uh, the attack plan for the starter and, and kind of what we've seen with, with their lineup. Um, so they'll kind of have that and have that to chew on, you know, throughout the work day. And then it's kind of more, you know, whether it happens during the work day or, you know, as they're kind of, we're going through our pregame routine or they're thrown with the starter. That's kind of where like the little conversations of like, Hey, what do you got on this? Or, Hey, what do you think? What do you think with this guy? Or, Hey, what adjustment do you think they're going to make today? Kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's, and it's, you know, and there's the meetings in between there's like, you know, some, you know, one of the starters throws aside that day and, you know, they talk about what he's trying to work on, but, uh, it's not a ton of just like, Hey, let's, sit down for an hour and talk about pitch calling. It's more of a, you know, just, just trying to constantly give them information and get their feedback and just keep the conversation going. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine there's a lot of time to uh, just sit down for an extended period and talk through this with, with everything else that goes on. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, how about the new technologies and the new changes that have been happening recently? How's that affected things? So like, for example, you know, with ABS being um, rolled out in different different levels of the minors, the pitch comm system and how that comes in, do you think either of those are going to have like a dramatic impact on, on what you do or what kind of skills you try to develop? Or is that going to just be kind of like a, a small adjustment to what you're already doing to work with the, the pitchers and the catchers? Um, as far as ABS... Um... We, we haven't had to deal with that at our level yet. Um, so that's not really something that 
you know, I'm too worried about and until it happens. I think it's, it's in the back of kind of every catching coach's mind a little bit like, Hey, is all is, is some of this stuff that we've been working on, like going to be, you know, null and void, you know, here in the future. But, but honestly, until that happens, I'm not, you know, trying to worry about that too much. And, sure. and I'm, I'm honestly not that concerned as far as like, I think it's going to change a lot less than people think that it's just gonna, you know, receiving's just totally out the window and one knee is just totally out the window. I'm not necessarily convinced of that. Um, but I guess we'll have to see if that, if that happens at some point. Um, but as far as the pitch com, honestly, I've just been like, and, and I don't know if it's like an issue of just like pitch com being able to outfit everybody, but I'm honestly like, I'd be really excited to, to see it happen for us. Cause I've, I've heard nothing but good things, you know, from as far as like our triple a major league staff and, and guys like they love it. So, um, I think it just, you know, it takes so much of like the work of like trying to get the signs down and like you know, stupid cross-ups and guys can't see, you know, when it's a little dark or there's shadows and guys got to put, you know, freaking white out on their fingernails and all these things that are just kind of a pain um, at times or, you know, having an interpreter go out to the mound so we can change the signs or in like having to account that into like the mound visits. There's just a lot of things where it, it makes it a lot uh, easier potentially if, if we have pitch com at this level. So, uh, I'm excited. I hope that that happens at some point. Yeah, me too. I definitely feel like the the language and communication issue that can come up, especially you know, in a, a level where your guys are at, where their guys moving up and down all the time. You know, not everybody is going to be familiar with everything up at the jump. So that sounds like it would make things a lot easier. So I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully that getting to you guys pretty soon. Yeah, exactly. You um you brought up a little bit about one knee before, and I, I'm I'm a little bit fascinated by it. when you guys work on skills going from one knee or going to the traditional crouch. Um, you just don't think that that's going to be a big difference with the new rules. You, I I, I don't want to talk like specifically about like an organizational point of view, but when you're working with players, do you just kind of like let them go in whatever position they're most comfortable with, or do you have a point of view on where they should uh, where they should kind of set up and how they should um, you know, take a crouch when they're, uh, when they're playing back there. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, personally, I, I feel like, um, you know, just the way that this game has moved is like, it's, it's all about receiving, right? Like that's, that's the biggest way, you know, from a, from a skill standpoint that you can impact the game. Um, so whether that's one knee or not, I, I'm definitely encouraging our guys to like, you know, try to find a position or two, um, where we can really just like optimize the strike zone, specifically like the bottom of the zone and, and kind of to their arm side, right? So like where basically like where where fastballs and breaking balls are getting thrown, like trying to, you know, that's where the majority of, of the strikes looking that we can that we can uh, get are going to come, you know, that bottom of the zone. So that's really where we we kind of try to start. Um, for me, it's it's a lot about you know, can we pick can we pick one stance that we can do, uh, you know, with nobody on and then, then have one where we can still, you know, uh, really receive well out of, you know, with runners on as well. Um, and really just try and keep it simple to, you know, like two or three stances and not, not to say that we can't experiment and, and stuff like that, but 
really just trying to simplify the problem, you know, cause you'll, you'll see a lot of younger guys and like, I don't know if you've ever, you know, been to a rookie ball game or something. You just see this catcher run out, you know, seven different stances and seven pitches. And that's like, dude, it's just like, you're just making it so hard on yourself as far as like being able to time everything. And like, you're just, you're just creating more problems than you are solving. So, um, yeah. And then it's not, yeah, to say that we're not, you know, worried about blocking and throwing. And then obviously like the, the, you know, everyone's seen the stolen base numbers are ticking back up. So it's not to say that we're ignoring those things um, at all. Like we want to be good at all of them, but you know, we want to keep the main thing, the main thing. Sure. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. So um, yeah, I've definitely seen what you you've talked about with guys trying all sorts of different things and not replicating from one pitch to the next behind the plate. That's definitely something I've, I've seen in a couple of places before. Um, what about n- guys new to the position? I, I have to imagine that occasionally you'll, you'll be working with somebody who really hasn't had a lot of experience behind the plate and you're trying them out at the position. I know there's conversions that take place from time to time. Is there something that you find that makes a guy a particularly good candidate to get back there? Is it, you know, experience playing in high school or, or, or there's certain athletic or physical skills that, that guys have that, that make them seem to you like they would be a decent candidate to move back behind the plate? Um, in professional baseball, I actually haven't had that happen yet. I would, I would love to, honestly, like, I think that would be a really fun project, you know, as far as like, you know, potentially changing a guy's career. And also like, I think it would help me, you know, just have to, to kind of simplify the coaching a ton, you know, to, to teaching it to a guy to it's that it's brand new to. Um, but I think more than anything, it's just like the want to catch, you know, and not just like, not the want to just like hop behind the machine once a week and like, and just receive baseballs. Cause it looks cool <laughs> from the outside. You know, it's, it's going to be the want to, to do everything right. Like the, to sacrifice some time that you're going to hit or sacrifice some time on, you know, doing something else because you're, you know, you're studying the pitchers and you're like going through game plans and you're, you know, talking to pitchers or pitching coaches or catching coaches. And like, you know, just, just spending your time a little, uh, a little more selflessly. Um, so I think that's, that's the, the big thing. And then like, I mean, just the, I feel like the stereotypical like middle infield third baseman guy who's like, uh, you know, pretty versatile and, and just tough, you know, like willing to do anything and everything, uh, you know, to help the team win. It's, it's funny because we actually had a situation where we were afraid we were going to have to find an emergency guy this past week. And, uh, and I'm like going through our, our roster like okay who's the guy and uh and that was like exactly the things that were going through my mind it's like okay who's the versatile guy who's tough uh who's going to be like open to wanting to do this um so i feel like that's kind of the checklist it's like the guy the guy who more than anything just like wants to do it but then like also just like has some athletic ability and some versatility yeah i think that that a lot of times you um, from the outside, you know, guys who just watch a game every once in a while or, or even follow pretty intensely. Um, like it's a significant mental load. It's a significant, like almost emotional load for catchers because you have to be so focused. You have to be on all the time. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why catchers tend to make great coaches, tend to make 
great make great managers is not just because they're in it every pitch. I mean, there are plenty of pitchers that do that too. But it seems like catchers kind of gravitate towards coaching and um, and mentoring and leading teams because you know they're just the position requires so much of you. You have to give so much to your team. So it's really interesting to hear you say that because it it definitely is something that resonates with me as well. And no, hundred percent. You just you just you're just required of so much more, right? Like there's just so many more things that you have to to pay attention to as a catcher than as you do. Like maybe you're a or you're just a outfielder and like that's all that you play like there's just there's just a lot more things that you you have to be cognitive of for sure for sure so i got really excited i jumped into a lot of these questions early on um can i take a, a minute to go back for a second and talk a little bit more about you and your path and what brought you to the pirates and uh, and where your career has kind of taken you could you uh, let our listeners know a little bit more about you yeah absolutely um uh definitely not um the journey that you would think is, is kind of the, the standard journey to being a professional coach. Um, long story short, I played uh, Division three baseball in Virginia, basically 10 minutes from where I grew up at, at Christopher Newport University. I played there for two years, um, was kind of at a crossroads. I uh, wasn't even sure if I wanted to play baseball anymore. Trans- ended up transferring to a trade school called uh, the Newport News Apprentice School. Uh, played there for two years. Um, it's actually a really interesting deal. I was basically working 40 hours a week um, as a pipe fitter, working on like nuclear aircraft carriers and submarines for the Navy, and then like going to play baseball as like a college athlete after that. Um, That's wild. Yeah, um, not uh, definitely not very standard, but. Um, yeah, so I did that for for two years, and then I did it for for one more year, um, and that's that was the the first year I started coaching at my old high school. I really kind of fell in love with it, and was not in love with uh, building ships, <laughs> to be quite honest. So, yeah, was uh, just decided to go all in on coaching. I uh, actually moved up to Michigan. Was there for about two and a half years. Um, Worked at, you know, did some lessons. Um, I was actually a student manager at Eastern Michigan um, for a year. And the next year was a volunteer uh, volunteer assistant at an NAIA in Michigan, Concordia University in Ann Arbor. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was there for a year, 2019. Uh, really great year. It was just like emailing every school in the area to for somebody to give me a shot. Um but really enjoyed that. And then um, prior to the Pirates uh, for the for the three years um, after that, I actually moved to Florida and I was working at a prep school, a uh, Christian prep school called Inspiration Academy. It's actually in Bradenton where, uh, where the spring training complex is for the Pirates um, and did anything and everything there. Um, like obviously the catching stuff was, was my main responsibility, but I did social media. I was doing like our video system, you know, I was helping pitchers, uh, helping hitters, helping all throwers, kind of, kind of doing a little bit of everything. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, I did that for, for three years and then, and then got the opportunity with, with the pirates, uh, last February. Fantastic, man. 
Well, that's, that's super cool. Uh, just uh, real quick, uh, Concordia, I lived in Ann Arbor for a little while, um, a little south of uh, University of Michigan. So uh, uh, I, that like jumps out at me. It's, uh, it's a cool place to be. Um, I really it like is. it. And, uh, that's a beautiful little camp kind of like tucked away in that, in that part of Michigan. So that's pretty cool. For sure. Well, awesome. Well, um, I just want to kind of close up by asking you, like, you know, you've been with the Pirates for a relatively short period of time. What's like the best thing that you've been able to do or the biggest win that you've had as a coach um, so far working with um, with the guys on the team? Anything catching related, anything related? What's kind of been like the the, the biggest moment that you've had so far? Hmm. That's a tough question. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess the, I don't want to say easy answer, but kind of easy answer was just, just seeing ND kind of make the jump that he did last year. Um, you know, he goes from like kind of being the second guy to start the year to then like being the guy, um, and you know, not having like the best of, you know, stretch for like two or three months. And then like from you know, mid June on was like debatably the best player in minor league baseball, um, and, and catching super well, you know, on top of that. Um, so that was really cool just to, just to like see his growth and like, just like the little conversations where like he would come up to me and like, Hey, like, remember when you told me this like forever ago, he's like, I believe you now, like just, just little things like that. Or it was like, dude, why didn't you listen to me three months ago? But like, you know, uh, Andy, that guy is just like super special and, and that's not to, to take anything away from, from the other guys that I've worked with. Cause, cause I love them all and, and they're all super special in their own way. But, um, yeah, I think that was, that was really cool, you know, just jump to see in my first year. No, that's super, that's super interesting to hear. And it's, um, it's very cool to get that opportunity. I mean, you know, again, I don't think you could have um, had a better catching tandem last year. I mean, the guys that you have are really great, but I mean, like, you know, two of the team's top three prospects being guys behind the plate. I mean, that's that's some pretty great uh, synchronicity for your first season there. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was super fortunate to to kind of jump into that my first year, and and super fortunate again to to have the guys that I have this year for sure. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, it's going to be an exciting season for Greensboro. You guys are off to an amazing start to the season. I mean, just from a win-loss perspective, you guys have been tearing it up this year. So uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that that continues on as the season goes on. You guys continue to keep that momentum forward and, and everybody improves and, and you guys win some more games because that's so far so good, man. Yeah, yeah. The hoppers are hot right now. <laughs> we just hope we can keep it rolling. It's definitely a, a very different start than we had last year um pitching's been great you know we've we've swung it and won some games and not not super pretty fashion and just found ways to win um so you know i think it's important for for these guys not only to to get better but to to win too and and feel what winning looks like so um hopefully keep it rolling yeah no that's great well, yeah. Well, I'll um, I'll go ahead and let things lie here. Um, is there anything you want to plug other than uh, for for folks to show up to uh, to Greensboro games or anything like that? You want to plug your social media or anything else you've got going on? Um, yeah, I'm not super active on social media anymore, uh, just due to you know, like that's kind of how it goes in professional baseball. You can't share a ton. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, like if anyone ever has questions or, or wants to reach out, my social media, Instagram, Twitter, um, it's just Colin underscore Wilbur. Um, any questions that anyone has, like anytime, like I, w- I would be glad to, to help out in any way that I can. No, that's awesome. That's that's super, super cool of you to offer that. And uh, I hope you guys have the best of luck against Rome this week. And uh, let's um, let's catch up again soon. I'd, I'd love to hear more from you as uh, the season goes on. If uh, if you got the opportunity and we can talk a little bit more about how things have been going with the team uh, as, as things go forward. For sure, man. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, that'll do it. I'm Again, I'm Brian. This has been the Down on the Farm podcast. For more great minor league baseball content, including scores, prospect profiles, new data metrics, updates, all that good stuff, um, you can visit us to on downonthefarm.substack.com or at Twitter on, on, at, at downonthefarm12. Um, subscriptions are available. Check them out. Um, we You'll find that we're pretty affordable and we're, we're right on the cutting edge of some minor league baseball research and have over 1,500 subscribers. So stop by, give us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the show, and uh, we'll catch you all next time. Take care.